0: Now, listen, we are talking about things that are spiritual. I haven't got a math or a science for this. But what the Bible is saying is that by faith, we are united to the one who rose from the dead so that his life is now ours indwelling us. His very presence by his Holy Spirit is giving us life, a heartbeat for Christ.
1: So glad you joined us for today's Unlimited Grace, the audio broadcast ministry of pastor and author Brian Chapel. In today's episode, Pastor Brian shares a lesson from Galatians 2. Dr. Chapel highlights the truth that Paul shared with the Galatians, you are free because you are united to Christ. You can find this lesson and many others when you visit UnlimitedGrace.com. And while you're there, look for this wonderful resource from Dr. Chapel, Holiness by Grace. In this book, Pastor Brian will guide you through reassuring scripture passages to discover how works and obedience are not a means of establishing or maintaining salvation, but a grateful response to God's mercy. Let's hear now from Dr. Brian Chapel as he shares the lesson, United for Life.
0: George S. Patton's Third Army, had just liberated the concentration camp Buchenwald in Germany. And Rabbi Schachter was the first Jewish chaplain to enter the concentration camp just an hour after American troops had opened the gates. But despite the gates being opened and even the barracks being opened, the prisoners would not leave After all, their supposed liberators were just other men in uniform. And men in uniform had been the ones to torture and oppress and abuse and kill them. And so Rabbi Schachter entered those barracks that now for us are in the newsreels, but were the reality to him. Bunks floor to ceiling with literally Hundreds of starving men stacked like firewood. And to make them leave, recognizing they would not leave for the men in uniform, he said words in their own language. Shalom Alechem Yeden, Ear, Zent, Fry. Peace to you Jews, you are free. And it was those words from one of their own that convinced first a trickle, then a stream, and finally a river of prisoners to begin to unite themselves to the rabbi and go to the other barracks and say over and over again, you are free, you are free, you are free, and they finally believed it. The Apostle Paul is doing something very similar in this verse of Scripture. After all, there are Jews and Gentiles that have gathered together under the banner of Jesus Christ, but the Jews in particular, having lived so long under the shackles of the law, believing that it was their performance, their goodness, the uniform they put on before the world that would make them right before God, that now, though free, they are returning to the shackles. Believing that they will be made right by what they do. And as the Jews are being held in the constraints of the law, so there are new Christians coming to the church beginning to believe the same thing. We have to do the right things for God to love and care for us. Maybe it seems remote, maybe it seems like it wouldn't apply to us, but it still happens. Some of you know what it means. We come on Easter morning. What a great day. But, you know, we put on our Easter best. We put on our uniforms. And some of us appear to have it so together. And some of us have been here for so many decades. And we don't recognize what that does to others and sometimes to us. As people coming in begin to say, well, I'm, I'm not sure I have the right uniform. I'm not sure I'm as mature as those people I'll ever catch up. I'm not sure I have the understanding that I'll ever measure up. And after all, as Charlie said, there is this hole in my heart. I will never really deserve to be here with what has gone on in my life. And for those people who would think I will never measure up or catch up or overcome this thing in my life, The Apostle Paul writes these words to say, you are free. And the reason he says you are free is that you are united to Christ, not on the basis of what you do, but on the basis of faith in what he has done. Now, the way that's expressed is by words that are rather stark and difficult for us to hear. Because the Apostle first begins to say, the way that you are set free is by being united To Christ in his death. I mean, these are awful words that begin Galatians 2.20. I have been crucified with Christ. What does that mean? Well, you have only to back into the preceding verse to get the understanding. There in verse 19 of Galatians 2, Paul says, For through the law I died to the law so that I might live to God. As a Jew, you must understand what that's saying. God said to the Jewish people, I'm holy, you be holy. And the way that you're going to be holy is you keep this law that I have given you. The standards will set a path for you that will be a path to life with me. Sounds easy. You want a life with God? Stay on this path of God's holy standards. Just one little problem. (laughs) Nobody can stay on the path. Nobody can stay on the path. So that Paul, even a good Jew, says in verse 15 of Galatians 2, these words. We ourselves are Jews by birth and not Gentile sinners. Yet we know that a person is not justified by works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. So we also believed in Christ Jesus in order to be justified by faith in Christ and not by works of the law because by works of the law no one will be justified. Now, for you as 21st century Christians, this is not new. Being good enough, obeying the law, obeying the standards is not what makes you right before God. But what sounds so familiar to you would be shocking to a 1st century Jew. All his life he's been told to keep the traditions of the fathers, obey the law, offer the sacrifices, do what is necessary. And now comes the Apostle Paul and says, all your striving for approval, all your wrestling to be good enough, all the way in which you keep up appearances for the sake of others is not what counts. All of your doing, all of your being is not what's going to make you right before God, but rather Faith in what someone else has done in your behalf. Now, as familiar as that sounds, even we still struggle to receive it. For if I say to you, even as believers, listen, all you're doing, all you're striving, all your behaviors, all your performance, all of that is not what's going to make God accept, love, and approve you. Because what you'll begin to say is it's Now, wait a second. If all of my doing and all of my striving and all of my working at this, if that doesn't count, well, you know, I'm as good as dead. I mean, what's the good of that? And, of course, that's just the point. I mean, if we, if we wanted to make fun of it a little bit, we might refer to one of those, you know, campy movies where somebody, you know, wakes up one day and speaks to his spouse, and the spouse doesn't hear him. I'm not talking about anybody here, but I mean, imagine... You know, you speak to your spouse and your spouse doesn't hear you. And so you kind of wave your hands and jump up and down. And there's no recognition of anything you're doing. You know, at some point you might begin to think, you know what? I must be dead. But of course, the apostle is not talking about a campy movie. He is bringing up a horrible image. He says, I am crucified with Christ. There are are nails in my hands. Nails in my feet. Thorns on my brow. There are soldiers that gamble for my clothes at my feet. My mother is there and she weeps for me. There is blood that pools at my feet. It is not the blood of another. It is my blood. I am crucified with Christ. It is a horrible image. But as horrible as is the image, it is actually the antidote. First for spiritual pride, and then for spiritual despair. For after all, if if we are so crucified, so having been identified with the death of Christ, that, that our doing, our acting, our performing doesn't count anymore, what that means ultimately is that our achievements Don't distinguish us from one another. And and that's important. Because the way many of us approach God, approach even the church is, now listen, we we all say to one another, I know I'm not perfect. I mean, I'm not right before God because I'm perfect. I know I'm not perfect. I'm just better than you. (laughs) But if you're dead, your achievements don't matter. I mean, there are no meritorious rewards for dead people. Dead people don't get good report cards. Dead people don't get sports trophies. Dead people do not get recognition for their merit because they're dead. Their achievements are no longer on the table. And the apostle is saying to you and to me, if your faith isn't what somebody else has done, what Jesus has done for you, then then you have no basis for pride And we enter the church not saying to one another, listen, uh, the reason I can be here and the reason I can distinguish myself from the world is because I I dress different or my worship is better or my theology is better or my actions are better. Dead people don't get credit for any of those things. We're kind of level with one another and we're level with people who don't understand as much and haven't caught up and don't measure up and haven't got it all put together yet. Being crucified with Christ, united to his death, puts the death to spiritual pride. It also puts death to spiritual despair. Because if my achievements do not distinguish me, what that also means is that my failures do not destroy me.
2: You're listening to Unlimited Grace the audio broadcast ministry of pastor and author, Brian Chapel. God instructs us in His Word to be holy as He is holy. How can God expect us to be as holy as He is? Such a standard seems either to ignore our frailty or to impose certain failure. That is, until we understand how God views us. In this challenging yet heartwarming book, Holiness by Grace, Dr. Brian Chapel illustrates the principles of grace, the practices of faith, and the motives of love in living a life of holiness. Pastor Brian will guide you through reassuring scripture passages to discover how works and obedience are not a means of establishing or maintaining salvation but a grateful response to God's mercy. Holiness by grace draws straight from the heart of God, as Pastor Brian's encouraging words will help you understand that your holiness is not so much a matter of what you achieve as it is the grace that God provides, a grace so rich as to make the pursuit of His holiness your soul's deepest delight. You can request your copy of Holiness by Grace when you go online to unlimitedgrace.com or by calling 844 grace That's 844-414-7223. And now, more from Brian Chapel on today's Unlimited Grace.
0: If you're dead... Your achievements don't matter. I, I, I mean, th- there are no meritorious rewards for dead people. Dead people don't get good report cards. Dead people don't get sports trophies. Dead people do not get recognition for their merit because they're dead. Their achievements are no longer on the table. And the apostle is saying to you and to me if your faith isn't what somebody else has done, what Jesus has done for you, then then you have no basis for pride. And we enter the church not saying to one another, listen, uh, the reason I can be here and the reason I can distinguish myself from the world is because I I dress different, or my worship is better, or my theology is better, or my actions are better. Dead people don't get credit for any of those things. We're kind of level with one another, and we're level with people who don't understand as much and haven't caught up and don't measure up and haven't got it all put together yet. Being crucified with Christ, united to his death, puts the death to spiritual pride. It also puts death to spiritual despair. Because if my achievements do not distinguish me, what that also means is that my failures do not destroy me. Dead people don't get bad report cards. Dead people don't get traffic tickets. Dead people are dead. And that means that all that brings us shame and guilt and remorse is dead. According to the words of the apostle, nailed to the cross, it is crucified in my being. What was true of me is now nailed to the cross with Jesus Christ, and it is dead. So that we can't be a body of people who gather in these numbers without recognizing among us there are those people who think back over family and career and personal performance. And what comes to mind is, is the pain of guilt and shame. And I say, my family was never what I thought it was going to be. I was never the father I thought I was going to be. I have struggled with addictions. I, I have struggled with integrity. What people look at is the way in which I have gotten ahead. I know in my heart of hearts would be before God justly causing my condemnation. And we cannot but look back over the course of our lives and say, there is no reason I should be here. Except this. What is true of me when taken to Christ is nailed to the cross and I bear it no more. I'm not just talking about other people. I mean, I think of my own my own life. I mean, one of one of the joys, some of you will recognize one of the joys of this morning. You know, here I am, Grace Presbyterian Church, this, this wondrous church, and some people from downstate Illinois, one of the first churches I pastored, came to be with us today. I didn't know they were coming, but here they are. And, and I can remember a particular Thanksgiving when I was pastoring that church, and our first child came along. So on that first Thanksgiving with this new child, we went from downstate Illinois, down Highway 55, to, to Memphis, Tennessee, where my parents were. And on the way back from that Thanksgiving weekend, there was a freak early snowstorm. Now, as we were driving north on Highway 55 up through that snowstorm, we were driving in our, in our vintage Ford Pinto, and <laughs> you remember those? Yeah? You know, you hit them in the back, they explode. Remember those? Yeah? <laughs> and, you know, the highway's starting to fill up with snow, and, and uh, my wife at some point says, Brian, could we pull off the road and, and stay somewhere overnight. And now, listen, this first church, how do I say this to you? It was not the size of Grace Church Peoria. <laughs> it was little. And the salary was little. <laughs> and I quickly did the math. You know, if we stayed in a hotel, it, it would literally take us months to get back to level. So when Kathy said, Brian, can we stay, what did Brian do? Yeah, I kept driving. (laughs) You know, the snow kept piling up. Brian, I kept driving. I kept driving until the highway department closed the roads because the snow had piled up. And we had to pull off in a hotel and stay overnight. And I must tell you, do you know every time we go to my parents' home in Memphis, even today we have to pass that hotel. <laughs> I hang my head. You know, because I think to myself, you know, my who was that guy who to save a few dollars would put everything dear to him at risk? His family, his new child. Who was that guy? What a blessing to my heart to know what the scriptures say. My sin, oh the bliss of this glorious thought. My sin, not in part, but the whole, is nailed to the cross and I bear it no more. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, oh my soul. It is the promise of the gospel. That because we're united to Christ, we're united to his death, and all that would bring us shame, all that would bring us guilt is nailed to the cross, and we bear it no more because we are united to the death of Christ. Isn't it great to be dead? (laughs) But of course, that's not the end of the story. (laughs) I mean, that's just the first part of Galatians 2.20, right? I am crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but somebody lives. Who is it? Christ lives. Where does he live? In me. I'm not just united to the death of Christ. I am united to the life of Christ. Now, listen, we are talking about things that are spiritual. I haven't got a math or a science for this, but what the Bible is saying is that by faith... We are united to the one who rose from the dead so that his life is now ours, indwelling us. His very presence by his Holy Spirit is giving us life, a heartbeat for Christ. Now, just so you feel the significance of that, I want to ask you a question. If if you're dead and Jesus is alive in you, who are you? So nobody wants to say they're Jesus. Okay, all right. I get it. All right. So, so I'll make the question a little easier. If you're dead and Jesus is alive in you, whose identity do you have? Jesus Christ. No, no, it's, it's just me. This weak, flawed, sin. Sent- no, listen, I know that. But that's dead and Jesus is alive in your place. Hi friend, this is Pastor Brian again. Today we've considered how the Bible encourages us to trust our Savior. And if you find yourself in a situation today where you need to trust Jesus more with what's going on in your life, then I want to pray for you. Will you join me in prayer? Heavenly Father, as we begin to grasp the power and the love of Jesus' passion for us, we reach toward him and we know that's what you want. You want us to turn to our Savior with the confidence that he can and will hold us through all of life's trials and for eternity. So when we see how Jesus gave his life in order to save sinners like us, we love him, we turn to him, we trust him. Help us to do that right now. Even if our circumstances are tough and our sins are great, help us to believe that no matter how great is the difficulty or how heavy is our baggage, how deep may be our shame, there really is hope for each of us when we trust in Jesus. Your son has your heart and your power. So we ask that your son, heavenly father, this Jesus Christ that we're turning to would pardon our sin, help us to live for you and hold us for eternity. That's a big prayer. But his grace is big enough. And so we ask that you would apply it to our lives as you know is best, for then we will be truly blessed. And so we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: That's Pastor Brian Chapel, and you've been listening to Unlimited Grace. If you'd like to hear more from Dr. Chapel, you can find a collection of valuable resources at unlimitedgrace.com. When you visit, you will find today's message and many others from Pastor Brian. Also, be sure to request a copy of Dr. Chapel's book, Holiness by Grace. Please be sure to join us next time as once again we endeavor to put Christ at the center of our efforts so that lives might be transformed by His unlimited grace. This ministry is brought to you by Unlimited Grace Media and continues to be made possible with your generous financial support.